0: This is Jason Stevenson and welcome to this bedtime story for adults of all ages, a story designed to soothe your soul as you drift into a deep and restorative sleep. As you listen to this story, simply allow your heart to open, your body to relax, your mind to journey alongside Thomas, the wanderer of this tale. So before we begin, just take a few deep breaths now, settling yourself in, allow your body to become entirely still, aside from the gentle waves of your breath causing the belly to rise and fall, and let us begin. Thomas is startled as he awakens abruptly. He had nearly dozed off, his head having fallen backwards to rest on the wall behind him. Thomas looks around and notices that he is not the only one. All around him, early morning workers are catching a few more moments of sleep before arriving at their destinations though no one else seems to have awoken at that moment. Must be one of those hypnotic jerks, he thinks. Perhaps I hadn't even fallen asleep at all. Thomas's daily commute is a particularly long one. He lives in his own flat at the southernmost end of the Northern Line in London. Despite the lengthy journey into work each morning, He never misses an opportunity to remind himself of how grateful he is to find an open seat. He is always one of the first on the train. Perhaps, he thinks, the distance is worth the seated journey in. Thomas thinks about the place he is whizzing off to at the early hour in the day. He is a program manager for a small but well-respected software development company based in London, He has worked there for nearly eight years, having started there when he first finished his studies. He enjoys the company of the people he works with and has a good working relationship with his boss. But something in Thomas's gut contracts each time he thinks about walking into the office. He watches this reaction come and then watches it leave though never forgetting that something is not sitting right. He arrives at work that morning and says hello to the others who have also arrived for 7am. He prefers to get his day started as soon as possible so that he can finish up early and enjoy the late day sun as it falls upon the lush green parks of London. His fingers get to work Typing away to clients and working on projects. Sometimes, usually when afternoon rolls around and the others have not yet returned from lunch, he takes a break from software to do some research on places he might like to visit Japan, Australia, Peru, Greece. But on this particular morning, he is focused. He's busy working on a new project for a start-up company based in Athens. As he types away, his boss gently interrupts him with a proposal. Thomas, I've been thinking, she says. I'd really love for us to get to know the team in Athens on a personal level. I'd like to send you over there to meet our clients and to put a face to our name. There really is potential here for a long and strong relationship. For the first time in a long time, Thomas beams and his heart flutters. A smile stretched from ear to ear. His boss, Louisa, takes this as a yes I'd love to. He'll spend five days in the city with plenty of time for both work and a bit of exploration. Thomas's mother is Greek, having grown up just outside of Athens many moons ago. She moved to England when she was quite young, returning only a few times since then. Thomas himself has never been, but has always felt a strong yearning in his bones to return to the place of his ancestors. Life has simply gotten too busy, he thinks, but he knows this is no excuse. Thomas returns home that night and begins packing immediately. He is not due to leave until the end of the week, but struggles to contain his excitement. He calls his mother and father to tell them. They are both delighted. He rests in bed that night, looking out his window to the stars and the sky. The moon is nearly full, illuminating the city and the surrounding lands below. Planes pass by as flashing lights that effortlessly float across the universe. Soon, he thinks, I will be inside one of these vessels. He has not flown since he was a teenager, and he is now approaching 30. Memories begin creeping into his mind. He thinks about his childhood and the strong bond he had with his grandparents. His grandfather on his father's side was a farmer. Thomas remembers traipsing through the fields with him, and sometimes into the forest to collect wild berries and herbs. He always felt as if he were in a fairy tale when they wandered off into the woods. Something about it felt mystical. Perhaps it was the way the wind would rustle the leaves or the sounds of the flittering birds. Perhaps it was the crunching of twigs underfoot. He loved the smell of evergreens and the way the light trickled in through the dense canopy overhead. Perhaps, he thinks... It was a blend of all these things. He remembers his mother's mother vividly, the way she cooked, the way she laughed. She was incredibly kind and loving and always requested Thomas and his sister Katrina help in the kitchen. The two of them would rinse and dry the leafy greens and herbs and then help their grandmother cook the pasta sauce. They'd stir and stir, and stir, as she added all sorts of aromatic herbs to the simmering tomatoes. It had been a long time since Thomas had cooked, a realisation that stirred something in his belly. He missed it. He missed the slowness of time that enveloped him when he helped his grandmother prepare dinner. It's been too long. Far too long, he thinks. In this moment, Thomas vows to get back into the kitchen after returning from his trip to Athens. The week passes slowly until finally Friday arrives. With his bags packed, Thomas takes one last look around his apartment. He knows he is only gone for an extra long weekend, but says so long anyways. On the train to the airport, Thomas admires the greenery of London's outskirts. The sun is shining and the May blossoms are a sure sign that spring has arrived. He feels a quiet anticipation whirling in his heart. Though the trip is primarily for business, he will have the entire weekend to explore the city of Athens before meeting his client on Monday. It has been a long time since he's taken a trip like this, and one to his mother's homeland is stirring his sense of adventure. His flight to Athens from London is only a few hours long. As the plane soars through the clouds, he looks down on the continent below, appearing and disappearing as the plane moves in and out of the sky's veil. How miraculous Thomas thinks that humans are able to fly. As a child, he often dreamt about being able to fly. In one particular reoccurring dream, he would watch himself sprout wings and soar across open fields and oceans. He'd then awake thinking that perhaps the dream was a prophecy for his future. Thomas laughs to himself at the recognition of this memory and thinks perhaps this sort of flying is not quite the same but it is certainly close enough. The plane lands by early afternoon and Thomas makes his way into the centre of town. He is staying at a small guesthouse within a short walking distance of the city's ancient ruins. He checks in and wanders up the spiral stone staircase to the third floor. His room is immaculate, with a delicate blend of rustic and modern touches. It is simple, but it is all he could need. He takes a deep breath in, and releases a sigh as he breathes out. A wave of peace and comfort overcomes him. The room boasts a small balcony, with sheer curtains covering the glass door that opens to the outside world. Thomas makes his way to the balcony and steps out. His room looks out into the ancient Acropolis. Athens buzzes below, a city he is ready to explore. Thomas wanders through the narrow streets and alleys, through markets, and along winding roads that are lined with trees. With no map, he feels entirely lost, and yet with no concerns in the world, he is taking the unknown road, allowing it to unfold as he goes, step by step. He takes a few set of stairs and wanders along cobblestone pathways until he reaches the foot of the Acropolis. Staring up at this ancient fortress, Thomas feels for a moment as if he has wandered back in time. He wonders what it would have been like to live in ancient Greece. Countless myths come to mind as he recalls some of the stories his grandmother used to tell. He remembers it all, feeling so very otherworldly, like the way being at the foot of the Acropolis feels to him now. He pays his admission and ventures in, finding his breath having gone missing for just a few moments as he enters. Something has taken him aback, nearly moving him to tears. As he surrenders to this space and to the emotion arising in him, he realises how long it has been since he has allowed himself to be moved. The trip to Athens begins to unveil a new Thomas, a version of himself he can't quite describe, but one that brings about feelings of peace confidence and clarity. He breathes in and out effortlessly as he wanders the ancient Greek city. He dedicates the entire weekend to simply being, indulging in local cuisine, breathing in the history of ancient ruins and sleeping soundly for as long as his body calls for. All worries melt away as he grants himself permission to be entirely present with the land whose history courses through his veins. It has been a long time since he has slept so well. He drifts off easily and awakes feeling inspired and energised. As he explores, he somehow forgets all about his meeting on Monday morning. But still, when the morning arrives, he packs his computer and heads to the start small office in the centre of town. He meets with Sam, the company's founder, and is introduced to the team he's been working with virtually over the past month. They talk about all things tech for what feels like hours, while Thomas's heart is elsewhere. The meeting wraps up and Sam thanks him greatly for coming all the way to Athens to see what the company is like on the ground level. Thomas smiles, thanks him in return and heads back to his hotel for the final evening. A mixture of emotions brews inside of him but he struggles to put his finger on what his heart is calling for. On his final night in the city Thomas sits on his balcony, overlooking the ruins and the rest of the city. The air is warm and the sky is clear. Not a cloud covers the sky. The moon, now waxing, still casts a strong glow across the earth's surface below. Thomas gazes up at it, feeling a vaguely familiar connection to the stars and the moon. Many years ago, Thomas recalls being by the sea with his parents and his sister. Each summer they would pack up the car and drive to a small bed and breakfast in the southwest tip of England. Days during these long summer weekends were slow. Time was spent walking along the beach or wandering nearby towns and villages. Evenings were early but Thomas remembers that on some warm nights, his father would prepare hot chocolate and fill a couple of thermoses to the brim. The entire family would sit beneath the stars, pointing out the few constellations they knew, at the same time sipping the sweet summer treat out of their travel mugs. Now, Thomas feels nostalgia washing over him nostalgia for the days when he had fewer worries and was more connected to the natural world around him. He stares up at the moon, now in Athens, feeling a wave of peace and comfort come over him. As if it were a lullaby, the moon overtakes him, offering a sense that it is now time to rest his body. It is now time to let his body sleep for the night. He makes his way to his bed and dozes off, swiftly and soundly. Thomas returns to London the next day. Over the next few days he feels a strong longing for something, though he's not quite sure for what. He has a clear sense that it has something to do with his trip to Athens. He misses the way that adventure made him feel. It was as though a part of him was coming up to the surface, coming back to his conscious awareness. He senses that something is calling for his attention, but he's not quite sure what to make of it or what exactly it is saying. Thomas struggles to focus on his work over the coming weeks. The voice is growing, but he is starting to fear it He wonders if it would have been easier had he never gone to Athens at all. He knows that something is in him now, is questioning the life he is living, but it feels too frightening to listen more closely to that voice. But it appears he has no choice. The whispers become louder and louder, until finally becoming clear and confident. Get back to the roots, it whispers, with courage. Get back to the roots. Though he's not quite sure where the path will lead him, he knows one thing for certain. He must leave his job and return to the place that inspired him. He must return to the country that changed things. Fear brews in his belly. He is not one for taking risks, preferring to take pathways that are safe and well lit. But he knows that he needs to jump. He knows that now is the time to take a risk. His future self, whoever that may be, is depending on it. By the end of the week, Thomas resigns. Spending the next two weeks tying up loose ends and passing projects onto other team members, he prepares himself for the unknown. He thinks back to a quote by Lord Byron that he first heard some time ago. It reads, There is pleasure in the pathless woods. By divine grace, his sister returns to London from the United States and offers to take over his apartment while he ventures back to the land their ancestors come from. Unsure of where he is going, Thomas closes his eyes and places his finger on a map of Greece, islands included, to decide which road to take. It lands on a faraway island in the Aegean Sea, on the small, remote island of Kaparthos. He books flights to reach this unknown land and packs his bags. Though he is not sure how long he will be gone for, he knows it will be a few months. He's ready to reset entirely, not quite knowing what that means. He finds a small guest house online, offering long-term accommodation and books two months to start. It sounds tranquil, being located high up in the mountains in a small village, and with plenty of gardens around the property. It sounds just like what he's looking for. plane lands a few days later in the south end of the island. He calls a taxi that takes him to a small guest house in the tiny village of Menentis, a small town that overlooks the stretch of sea between Greece and Turkey. The owners of the small apartment he is renting live just next door and come out to greet him. They welcome him with open arms, showing him around the grounds that will be his home for the next few months. They extend an offer for him to join them at dinner. Thomas unpacks his belongings and stares out the window that overlooks the surrounding mountains and the port below. He breathes in the fresh mountain air as he cracks open the window. While he's not quite sure what he is doing here, he knows he is in the right place. Thomas heads for the hills, packing a small bag with water and fruit to sustain him for the afternoon's adventure. He walks through the mountains, admiring the vastness of this small island. Low-lying shrubs blanket the land as red, yellow and magenta blossoms brighten the primal landscape. The sun beams down from overhead as he walks, allowing his instinct to. To guide him. As he wanders the land with no plan and no goal to guide him, he realises it's been years since he's walked this aimlessly, perhaps not since childhood. He feels free, completely untethered and prepared to begin again. He had expected to be overcome with jitters during these first few days but he feels quite at peace instead. Occasionally worried thoughts overcome his mind, hounding him with questions about what his plan is and what his intentions are. However, he knows that he does not hold the answers to these questions just yet, but he reminds himself that that is okay. Upon his return to the apartment, he witnesses how tired his body feels. He finds Maria and George, the owners of the guest house, and politely asks if he might join them the following night for dinner instead, as he is feeling tired from the day's activity. They tell him to rest well and let him know that he is welcome to join them anytime. Thomas slips quietly into bed and falls swiftly into a deep, deep sleep. That night, he dreams he is an astronaut, floating far away in outer space, looking down at the world and realising how small it really is. From way out in the galaxy, the Earth feels like a very small home. He realises it is just one planet amongst millions of other floating bodies in the universe. The dream brings him a sense of wonder inspiration and a newfound appreciation for the earth he lives on and for the life that courses through his body. From way up here, he can see that the earth is a home amongst other homes and in the dream he thinks, wow, what a beautiful home I ended up living in. He awakens the next morning, feeling the clarity of the dream still with him and in honour of the earth, He decides to walk yet again. As he walks he connects with the earth through each step he takes. In some ways, Thomas feels as if he is a baby learning to walk for the first time. He has never given much thought to the ground beneath his feet. But now, he feels deeply connected to the land that supports him. After some time, he reaches a secluded beach where he nestles himself into the warm sand. He revels at the way the sand seems to wrap itself around his body as he nestles in. Staring out at the ocean, he is reminded of the dream and of how the earth revolves around as one complete unit. In his bones, he now knows that he and everything around him lives and breathes together as a single organism. He breathes in the ocean air, feeling more and more settled in his body and in his surroundings. That afternoon, Thomas returns to the guesthouse, feeling more energized and connected to himself and to the land. He makes his way to the second building on the property, to the home occupied by Maria and George. They are getting ready for dinner by chopping herbs, rolling small pieces of pasta, and preparing father to spread on their home-baked bread. He watches how intuitively their hands work with the food they are preparing, and offers to help. I won't be as quick as you, he warns them, To which they reply, Speed is not a desirable factor in our kitchen. If anything, we like when things move slowly. Thomas is reminded of how things moved in his grandmother's kitchen and feels right at home. Over the next few days, Maria and George teach Thomas how to prepare local delicacies using herbs and produce them from the land. He learns to make dolmadas, wrapping vine leaves around herbed rice. Along the way it dawns on him. He has lost himself entirely to the kitchen. Lost to the state of flow, his hands begin to work with the food and he prepares more effortlessly and intuitively. Thomas is reminded of how much joy real food brings him, from seed to stomach. One night, during his first week, he has another vivid dream. This time, however, he is in an open meadow beneath a large awning. Wooden tables are lined up beneath the canopy and are adorned with lace tablecloths and freshly picked flowers. Small twinkling lights line the edges of the awning as dusk falls. His loved ones make their way to the table. Thomas stands at the head of the table and passes down, dish after dish, of food he has prepared for his friends and family. The group feasts, laughing and whispering beneath the midsummer night sky, savouring the head chef's succulent creations. In the morning, he awakes, knowing exactly what he is here for. He thinks about the voice that came to him just a few weeks ago that whispered, get back to the roots and suddenly it becomes clear. The roots he was meant to rediscover were not only the roots that connected him to Greece but also those that permeate the land. He wants to know the earth through food. He wants to nourish the earth and the people on it. ...through preparing wholesome plant foods and living in connection to the land. He finds Maria that morning and joins her in the garden as he roams the rows of plants. He feels inspired to learn about each one, to get to know the way they grow. He asks Maria if she might teach her everything she knows and she beams. She would be honoured to pass on her knowledge of the land... Thomas remains in Carpathos for six more months, soaking up every bit of wisdom he can get his heart and soul on. He learns to take care of the soil, to harvest, to forage, to cook. When his final month in Greece comes around, he feels prepared to bring his knowledge back to his more permanent home of London and to begin his life again. On Thomas's last morning in Greece, he wakes early and heads for his favourite trail through the mountains. The sun has not yet risen and there are no signs of the world being awake just yet. Thomas walks until finally he reaches a small cave that looks over the sea. He nestles himself in as he watches the sun rise from the horizon. Sitting here in awe of the landscape, The old Thomas barely recognises the new one. But the new one knows the old Thomas well. It is the Thomas he was born out of. As he watches the sun turn from black to purple to gold, Thomas thanks the land for bringing him home. He is grateful for having returned to Greece. But more importantly, perhaps... He is blessed for having returned to himself. He thanks whatever higher self within him helped him to take the unknown leap that he would soon come to know would change his life forever. His flight takes off late that afternoon, and he knows that he will one day return to this magical land. But now, he looks into the future feeling ready to follow wherever it leads. Upon his return, Thomas spends a few months living with his parents in their country home. Luckily, his sister is happy to continue living in his apartment offering him the time he needs to figure out what step to take next. In the meantime, he cooks and cooks and cooks until the refrigerator is empty of produce and stocked with savoury, plant-based meals. He offers his mother two of her favourite traditional Greek foods, the Domades, he perfected while in Kepathos, and a smooth, lightly salted fava dip with caramelised onions to go alongside fresh-baked bread. She is overjoyed by the delicious food he has prepared and by his rediscovered sense of purpose and inspiration. Thomas enrols in a culinary programme upon returning home soon after, launches his own catering company. He focuses on bringing plants to plates in a way that feeds the souls of all. ...nourishing both humans and the earth as one deeply integrated organism. He starts off modestly, catering small events for his friends, family and their friends and family. Soon, however, his catering company blooms, touching the plates and palates of countless people across his country. On the night after his first successful event an event that brought city dwellers to the countryside for a feast beneath the stars. He dreams. In his dream, he rests on a beach on a faraway Greek island, looking out over the sea and thinking about how vast the ocean is. He feels inspired and connected to both himself and to the world around him, sinking into the sand and listening to the waves roll gently into and away from the shore. It appears that nothing and everything happens in this dream, a feeling that has been with him since he first embarked on his Greek adventure many months ago. For the rest of his life, Thomas looks back on his early days, thanking the unknown road for carrying him back to the roots. Each day he feels grateful for that first trip to Athens, for that detour that changed everything.